0: In this episode, we explore the current astrology, including Venus retrograde, Jupiter's transition into Pisces, the super Capricorn new moon, and we also take time to reflect on the potent astrology of December, weaving in the total solar Sagittarius eclipse conjunct the great attractor and the Gemini full moon opposing the galactic center. to Stars, Stones, and Stories! I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, This is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred sight activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com, or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear Ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high, holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome back to another episode of Stars, Stones, and Stories. We're finally gathering here for episode 42, and many of these episodes are a true birthing experience. I say this as someone who has been a birth and a postpartum doula, who has given birth herself, any creative project goes through an entire birth, death, rebirth cycle, And delivering episode 42 has definitely been the most unique experience. It has taken many weeks. As the avid listeners out there know, I work really diligently to deliver these episodes to you every other Friday. This episode was due to come out on December 2nd, and here we are on December 31st, and it is coming to your ears. So again, thank you for your patience. Thank you to all of the amazing listeners, the faithful ones, the new ones. I'm so grateful we can gather in this way, in these times, And I've been meeting more of you through divination sessions or other ways, and it's really lovely to hear the feedback, to hear how so many of you listen to these episodes not once, not twice, sometimes three or four times. I'm really grateful because there's a lot of layers that go into the way that I share astrology. And it's part of the reason why this podcast is called Starstones and Stories, because we are working with the layers that get involved in stories. And also, I am a storyteller, and I haven't fully activated that modality within this podcast, but it will be unveiled more over time when it's ready to be revealed, In this episode, we're going to definitely talk about the current astrology. We're going to do a little review. So much happened in December, and I was really excited to share it with you before the astrology was coming. However, it seems the divine had another plan, and I'm trusting that because the astrology was so mighty. I think it's important that with astrology as we're learning more and more about this art and this science, this ancient art and science, that we learn to not only look ahead to see what's coming, that we're also willing to look behind to see what has happened. Astrology is a series of waves just like our lives ebb and flow, just like the moon waxes and wanes. And we can learn a lot about where we're going and where we are currently by looking to where we've come from and what we've gone through. We're going to do a bit of a review with that in this episode. We're going to start by going into some of the current astrology we're living through, the Venus retrograde, the third and final Saturn, Uranus square, Jupiter's transit into Pisces, the shadow of Mercury retrograde that is already upon us, and this super Capricorn new moon that opens up the year of 2022. Then later on in the journey, I'm going to share with you about my pilgrimage in Egypt, my own personal experience with it, my journey with that total Sagittarius solar eclipse conjunct the great attractor and how I went into this deep, deep void space and what I've gained through that and can hopefully impart to you as well. I definitely want to speak about that Gemini full moon. That was a power moon for me. And I was so excited to share with you about that astrology. And I had the great honor of being at the Sphinx and within the Great Pyramid on that full moon. So there's much to deliver around that. I want to share with you again about the galactic center. I speak about this and. Different episodes as we hit this very sensitive point, and there's so much to share about that. Ultimately, what I hope to impart to you in this episode is that as we're closing out 2021. Which I think for many of us has been a brutal and a gnarly year. So many of us uh, definitely went through a lot in 2020. And 2021 was just like heightened challenge after challenge after challenge. And we've been really tested, we've been really stretched. And hopefully we can see things much more clearly than we ever could before. And so as we're closing out this year and we're looking to 2022, my prayer for you is that you know you are limitless and that you've done this great work in 2019, 2020, 2021 and you've gotten more clarified and purified than ever before and you're really ready to show up. As I share quite often in these episodes, the astrology that we're in the midst of, it's potent and it's powerful and it's like a marathon. So I'm not saying 2022 is going to be easy. We're still we're still definitely in the thick of great, great transformation. However, I feel a lot of us are able to see and hear and taste and feel more than ever before. We're showing up more present. We're, we've we really stripped away the facade and This whole new foundation is being implemented and we're building upon a foundation we can be really proud of for many, many years to come. A foundation that we can pass on as a legacy to our descendants. So let's go ahead and dive in with this Venus retrograde. Venus entered her shadow of retrograde on November 17th at 11 degrees, five arc minutes, Capricorn. And she stationed retrograde in Capricorn on December 19th at 5.35 a.m., that is Eastern Standard Time. Now, when we think about Venus, we think about our love, our relationships, our values, how we relate to art, to culture, to beauty, to elegance, how we connect to our money. And Venus, as a planet, is this elder sister to Earth. Some would say she's more evolved in consciousness. And the consciousness of Venus is teaching the inhabitants of Earth about what it is we love, what we value, how we create art and culture, how we cultivate our lives. How do we connect to ultimately the nature, nature of planet Earth? And Venus is taking a really important stage, center stage in 2022, because the nodes of fate are transiting out of the north node being in Gemini, the south node being in Sagittarius, with the north node being in Taurus, and the south node being in Scorpio. And that happens in the month of January of 2022. Taurus is ruled by Venus, and we've had Uranus and Taurus since 2018. Uranian energy is here to really liberate us from our perceived bondage, and knowing that and what we have at hand with uh, climate change and how we use resources and this whole like concept of greenwashing—so many companies are now, you know, backing solar and backing wind—and these are companies that have really held on to the old ways for so long. And so we have to be uh, very alert and selective and astute to how we invest in, in the world at large. And Venus is always asking us, what do you value? Because we can often say, like, I value spending time with my children or I value traveling. However, if we don't put that as a priority in our lives— and actually do it then that's not our true value system if one spends a total of 8 hours a day on a technological device whether it's a computer a tablet a phone a smartphone then that's actually what their value system is is it's based on technology whereas if one spends their life you know, really bookmarked each day with being out in nature, connecting to the earth, even we can do that in urban environments, then yeah, their value system is very much connected to the earth. And so whenever Venus goes retrograde, she's giving us this opportunity. It's roughly every 18 months she goes into this descent and she's giving us this opportunity to really ask us like how is your value system keeping up with with your life? Like are you proud of what you have to offer? Are you in alignment? Are you in integrity? And Venus in Capricorn really emphasizes this because Capricorn it's an earth sign, it's, it's cardinal, it initiates that season of winter, it's like the entrepreneur, the CEO of the zodiac, very visionary. Capricorn wants to build, it wants to help us build our vision for many years to come. And Capricorn is so focused on the foundation and the structure and also the long-term goal. Venus in Capricorn, this this retrograde season is giving us quite an extended time because the retrograde really started in November and Venus won't clear her shadow until the beginning of March of 2022. So it's a long stretch for us to come into 2022 really asking ourselves, what's our vision, what are we building? What's our one-year plan, our five-year, our 10-year, our 25-year plan? So in this retrograde, Venus is giving us this opportunity to really demark where are we going long-term. Are we on the right course? Are we on the right track? What do we need to edit and revise, review, renew? In this opportunity, this this is a great window to really begin the new year. And simultaneously, as we begin 2022, we're in the shadow of Mercury retrograde. So the first new moon of the year has both Venus and Mercury uh, retrograde, and it's really going to be that Aquarius new moon that opens up the season of in bulk and brings in the Chinese New Year of the Tiger that is going to be the, the forward motion first new moon of 2022. As we consider this Venus retrograde in Capricorn, it's all about giving us a foundation of time to revise, to renew, to review, to be very clear about how we want to utilize our 2022. As we begin the year with Venus retrograde in the shadow of Mercury retrograde, and Venus will station direct on January 29th, at 3.47 a.m. That is Eastern Standard Time. However, she doesn't clear the shadow until March 1st, and that is at 26 degrees, 29 arc minutes of Capricorn. So this Venus retrograde is very important because in her journey, she is also going to go over all of the degrees of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that opened up 2020 on January 12th. And it was really that conjunction uh, that laid the terrain, we could say, for the COVID pandemic. And so this Venus retrograde, as, as she stations retrograde, she is a degree away from Pluto. So she's conjunct, she's married with Pluto, Pluto planet of transformation and um, really, really stripping away anything that is not real and pure and true in our lives. And Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008 It's been a massive journey for us collectively, financially, globally, on so many different levels, and in this Venus retrograde, she's a degree away, so there's this particular dance with Pluto that's very much highlighted in this retrograde, and at the time of the retrograde, we also had the asteroid goddess Juno conjunct Mercury in Capricorn, at earlier degrees. And Juno is about what we're married to. Uh, Mercury is how we communicate. And so there's also a call to really be committed to speaking our values, to speaking from that vision. Collectively, we want to work with this Venus energy consciously in our work environments. And personally, we want to work with this Venus retrograde wherever we have 27 to 11 degrees of Capricorn. That's where we're really getting activated in our own charts, Wherever, whatever house that falls into. And again, I want to highlight in this Venus retrograde, she is going back over the degrees of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened on January 12th of 2020 and we had uh, a major stellium with that conjunction. We had the south node, Jupiter, the sun, Ceres, Pluto, Saturn, and Mercury all in Capricorn, really ripping up the foundations of our collective global culture and uh, asking us to look at wherever government structures um, our systems around health, law, medicine, justice, wherever the foundations are not true and real and pure, that is beginning to be exposed. And and we've seen that in many ways, collectively, personally. It's it's a big journey. Um, I think a lot of us, especially in the United States, are seeing where our healthcare system is failing us uh, given the amount of paperwork and technology that nurses alone have to operate with, right? They're spending more and more time on paperwork and in utilizing technology instead of actually being able to connect with patients. And this is just one small example of the ramifications of our world at large and what we're facing a lot of systems are collapsing and this is important it, it it's not easy to live through but it's important because we know we're we're in the process of shifting from one age to the next and so we're really here to witness that transformation and the crumbling of what no longer serves. So this Venus retrograde is also going to give opportunities to highlight that on a global scale. And the moment Venus stationed retrograde, it, it was the day of that Gemini full moon, which opposed the Sagittarius sun which was on the galactic center. And I'm going to speak more about the galactic center in this episode. We know of the galactic center as like the cosmic womb of this galaxy. It's a very potent creative space. And when Venus stationed retrograde, the moon had just moved into Cancer. So we have this oppositional energy with venus in capricorn the moon in cancer and this is that access of the home life and our families and our our culture our roots everything that really connects us to the land with our public selves our public persona the the legacy we leave to the collective so there's a lot that is stirred up within this retrograde journey. And at the same time, when Venus station retrograde, she was trining the um, North Node in Gemini and also Ceres in Gemini. And so there's a... There's a call on some level to continue to stay open, open in our consciousness, open to new ideas, new new modalities, um, new techniques. As we shift, as we change, as we're going from one age to the other, it's really important we stay flexible and available. I pulled the. Sabian symbol for 27 degrees Capricorn, and that is pilgrims climbing the steep steps leading to a mountain shrine. This is about the ascent of the individualized consciousness to the highest realizations reached by the spiritual leaders of its culture. This journey of Venus is really giving us a profound opportunity for spiritual growth with our 3D world. How do we relate to the world at large? How do we relate to our money? How do we relate to our work? How do we relate to the foundations of our day-to-day lives? And the star sparks first 27 degrees Capricorn is a long mirrored hallway lit with candles. This is about how in the liminal space, you're able to see where you're coming from and why. Being granted sight to accompany your journey through the world. Knowing there are a myriad of influences at work, How can you differentiate between those which are offering a progressive greater path through and beyond or those which keep you in the old karmic spaces? The ancient places are lit up afresh and provide the key to the journey until they are worked through completely. These two illuminations around 27 degrees Capricorn really hit strongly with me as I was researching these back when I was beginning to plan the December pilgrimage living legacy to come at. And I knew something profound was gonna happen. And being now back home and at this other end of the journey, it's it's very subtle. One thing I can say is that for the most part, I usually record this podcast in my closet. I light a candle. It's very much me coming to you from this liminal space. And with this total solar eclipse, I've had a deep, deep journey into the void and really understanding uh, the, the beauty of Working within the liminal realms. And it's helped me to surrender to what that means. I believe for the past five or six years, I've really known how deeply I work within the liminal realms. And I've been consciously trying to figure out how to honor that more and more in my day-to-day work because it's not always easy to put it into words when you work in liminal realms, nor is it always easy for others to understand it. You have to have like a subtlety to who you are to even really be able to understand that, right? Like if you spend all of your time kind of hustling, scrolling on your phone, drinking lots of caffeine in this go, go, go mentality that is so farly removed from the liminal. So it's not for everyone. And there's something about this Venus retrograde that beyond everything I've shared, there's a real deep liminal potential with it. And I also want to invite you, as we consider the mythos of Inanna and Ereshkigal and the Sumerian culture, it was literally built into their culture as Inanna was this goddess of heaven and earth, queen of heaven and earth. And also, for them, Venus herself, and so, as Venus would make her descent, it would be very much aligned with the journey of Anana going into the underworld, being stripped away by a rushkagel in order to meet her and to stand with her face to face to literally be hung on a hook like a sack of meat for so many. People out there, there's the, almost like this fear when we come to these retrogrades. Pop astrology really likes to blow it up because it's dramatic. <laughs> and that which is dramatic is going to, you know, it's going to reel people in and keep them wanting to like hear what you have to say. And so by nature, a lot of astrologers are are quite dramatic Um, It is a form of theater, we could say, on some level, right? Like, you you need to present things in, in some way so that people, there's an interest. And that being said, Venus retrogrades, particularly within our contemporary goddess culture, can be seen as, like, these times of great sacrifice. And that might be true. You, you might need to do that if you're not living in right relationship in your life. I also feel on another level, it's just this powerful frequency, this time to really slow down and surrender and get incredibly honest with yourself, especially this Venus retrograde because it is going over those points of that Saturn-Pluto conjunction of 2020, it's a time to ask yourself, have, what have I learned in the past two years? Have I applied that which I've learned into my life or am I still resisting it? Because if you're still resisting it, now is a good time to anchor in those applications. It's gonna make your 2024 and your 2026 and your 2032 much more bright and expansive, right? Like when we're when we're really willing to like get into the grit and to face it, there's so many more gifts that are available to us because we've allowed ourselves to really be purified in the most humble of ways. And right before Venus went retrograde, we had Chiron stationing direct. Actually, no, it was later on in the day, Chiron station direct. And Chiron is that rainbow bridge, the wounded healer that actually brings us to our greatest gift that we can offer others, ourselves, humanity at large. Chiron's journey in Aries is teaching us collectively to be willing to be our true selves no matter what, to put our gifts out there in the world, to express our own unique path to be courageous in that. And now that Chiron's energy is direct, it takes that pressure off of the deep internal work on some level. On Tuesday, December 28th, at 11.10pm, that's Eastern Standard Time, Jupiter transited into Pisces and this is one of Jupiter's home signs. Back in May, June, and July of 2021, Jupiter slipped into Pisces for a brief time, so we got a preview of how this energy is going to show up in our lives, and Jupiter will stay in Pisces until May 10th, where it will shift into the sign of Aries, And then later on in the year of 2022, in July, Jupiter towards the end of the month will go retrograde and then will re-enter Pisces on October 28th of 2022 and then in December settle back into Aries. So Jupiter, we know, is very important for impacting our collective culture. It is one of the social teaching planets, Saturn being the other one, and that's how these two really demarcate changes in culture and ages. Jupiter is all about expansion, about making things really big, goes beyond the material realm, and wants to assist us in our search for truth, for our ethical values, for the deeper meaning, our connection to spirituality, to religion, to cosmic consciousness. Jupiter expands and grows everything it touches. That whole concept of like the Midas touch, that's a very Jupiter kind of sentiment. And Jupiter helps us grow beyond our limitations. To draw in more success and wealth, new concepts to expand through our creativity. And absolutely, all signs, all planets, all of these frequencies have shadow and light energy. So there can also be false hope with Jupiter. There can be too much optimism. Pisces is traditionally ruled by Jupiter. So we are. All going to benefit from this transit of Jupiter and Pisces. And you want to check out the Pisces part of your chart because that is where you're going to be the most activated. And Pisces connects in with that imaginal realm, the channel, the artist, the psychic, the poet, the priestess, the priest. It's a sign of sensitivity. And really connecting in with the collective frequency. So, Jupiter and Pisces is going to expand our boundaries, our intuition, our spiritual connections. It is um, a really beautiful time to go through layers of awakening, to learn, to practice. Whatever it is you're called to do to step into these other realms, this transit brings in a lot of expansiveness, a lot of benefits for so many of us. The first part of the year when Jupiter is in Pisces really brings in more of a spiritual momentum for us collectively. Now, when Jupiter goes into Aries, that's going to be an interesting time because we can get kind of rash, we can get headstrong, we can sometimes be too fearless, too courageous, like just kind of go for the thing without even checking in to see if the foundation is stable. So this is where we want to apply the Venus retrograde and Capricorn frequency now so that we can kind of plan ahead to when Jupiter is in Aries and get ourselves really anchored so that we can use that Jupiter and Aries transit consciously and to our benefit. As I'm looking at the chart when Jupiter went into Pisces, also in Pisces we've got Pallisathene conjunct Neptune, and that's going to be also increasing some spiritual emphasis throughout the month, throughout the year of 2022, especially March has a really kind of beautiful spiritual resonance as Jupiter and Neptune are going to conjunct in Pisces. And we enter 2022 within the shadow of Mercury retrograde Mercury will be stationing retrograde on January 14th at 10 degrees 20 arc minutes Aquarius and will be retrograde until February 3rd at 24 degrees 23 arc minutes of Capricorn. And Mercury will officially leave that shadow on February 24th. So this retrograde brings in earth and air energy. It's going to absolutely be a time where we really want to back up our technology, where we want to be mindful about our material realm and paperwork and just all of the detail-oriented aspects that quite often get associated with Mercury retrogrades. We want to be aware of those. Mercury is in Capricorn also tracing over the spaces and places of that Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And so Mercury is relaying information about what has happened since January of 2020 through now uh, in conjunction with that Venus retrograde and our values. So it's an interesting time to really watch your words, to listen deeply to what others are saying in your friendships, in your other relationships, in your business connections, in the world at large, in the media particularly. There is a lot of information coming out. So it's just that time to really have your eyes wide open, so to speak, and and to be curious. On Sunday, January 2nd at 1.34 p.m. Eastern Time, We have the Capricorn super new moon, the first new moon of 2022. Definitely every Capricorn new moon is a powerful moon to vision with. This one is an interesting one because we have Venus retrograde. We have Mercury in the shadow of retrograde. In this new moon, Mercury is conjunct Saturn. It's a wide conjunction, conjunction by sign, but they're both in Aquarius Everything we've been through with the journey of since the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction of December 21st, 2020 is being relayed on some level as Jupiter has just made his transit into Pisces, and the Sun and the Moon are conjunct also Juno in Capricorn, Venus retrograde in Capricorn, and then we also have further away at 26 degrees, we have Pluto in Capricorn. So a lot of visioning energy, a lot of energy focused on the material realm and what we're growing, what we're building. We are in that retrograde frequency, so we're being asked to reflect within. And it, it's honestly, I think, a beautiful way to begin the new year because the more we can start this year consciously reflecting deep within, getting aligned with our values, coming from that space of rebirth and renewal as we are in this season of winter solstice of Yule, those of us who live in the northern hemisphere, it's it's a great time to just really like, you know, get out your calendar, write down lists of everything you want to accomplish in the next one year, make a list for five years, for 10 years, for 25 years. And also, take some time to reflect, what have you accomplished in 2021? What are you proud of? What did you learn? What do you want to learn that you haven't learned yet? Perhaps even look back at 2020 as well, because they are such significant years. And take a moment to celebrate where you've come from And from that celebratory place, consider where am I going? What do I want to create? What am I visioning? What am I building? And again, that Capricorn energy, we're building foundations for many, many years to come. So we want to be really conscious about how we do that. We want to be anchored. We want to do it in a good way. We want to do it with consideration of our growth, of our values, and our truth. So this is a, a great new moon to also do some shadow work and look at where are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Uh, particularly when it comes to your prosperity, your finances, uh, things that you can control and that you cannot control. There's actually, in reality, very little we have control over in this world. And Capricorn energy is, um, can get very fearful and rigid and, and have a desire to control. So this new moon also gives us an opportunity to consider where is it that we seek to um, hold on to tightly and why, and to get to some of the roots of that so that you can free yourself further. When we go through the experience through the eye of the needle, we're actually able to come out the other side and say, you know what, even if all of this happens, I'm going to be okay. I'm creative. I'm resourceful. And there's an opportunity with this new moon to shed some of those outdated viewpoints around fear and control and most significantly, your connection into the material world. And collectively, we're, we're just on unstable ground. There's a lot we don't know about our collective future and finances and our world governmental systems. There's a lot that's really kind of up in the air and unclear and dicey and it doesn't feel very secure in the world at large on some levels and that's okay right like it it is what it is there's there's only so much each one of us can do about that individually and what we can do is what is in our immediate world and that begins with ourselves and our connection to the earth and our daily practices, and our connection to our ancestors. So that's where we want to take our prayers, and our intentions, and our clarity of mind. And this brings us to my journey in Egypt. My intention was to get episode 42 delivered to each one of you, on December 2nd, and I thought I would have everything ready before I left for Egypt. I had all of my notes compiled. I had all the research done for episode 42 and 43, which I thought would be um, delivered to you, and that would have made this episode coming out on the the 31st, episode 44. Anyways, I landed in Egypt and every time I sat down to record, it just, it didn't feel right. And before I knew it, the pilgrimage was beginning and I was immersed in that total solar eclipse and I could feel the magnetism of that great attractor I was like this being that was just completely compressed, like a magnet, to the great attractor herself. So it was very intense, very potent. And in the mix of that, I also got very, very sick in Egypt. I believe it was a form of bronchitis. I'm not totally sure what I had. Who knows? It was not COVID. I tested myself twice. But that being said, very fortunately, no one else on the pilgrimage got sick. Honestly, it, it was like a deep kind of spiritual illness that had some physical symptoms. There were times where When I wasn't facilitating parts of the pilgrimage, I was just completely resting deep in that void frequency. I've never quite experienced anything to that degree in my life, and it has absolutely marked me on so many levels. depending on where you live in the world the eclipse came in exactly on saturday december 4th or friday december 3rd and as i was in egypt i was experiencing it in the morning around 9:40 in the morning on december 4th we know eclipses open up new portals new dimensions in our lives and We officially entered the eclipse season with the Scorpio new moon in November of 2021. And it will be with this Capricorn super new moon that's coming up on January 2nd where we'll close that eclipse portal. We had a lunar eclipse in November and December's total Sagittarius solar eclipse completed the eclipse activations that we began when the nodes of fate changed in May of 2020. And it was that Gemini full moon that that like really capped the whole eclipse journey and I'm going to speak about that as well. So we want to think about this as a cycle that began in may of 2020 and if you've been following my podcast or you know this about astrology already eclipses come in cycles of 18 years 36 years 52 74 um and so on right it really it's they're they're quite phenomenal. I'm not sure from our human experience and the amount of our lifetime, the longevity of how long we live, I'm not sure we can fully understand the profoundness of eclipses. I think we're really just scratching the surface of it. So that being said, this eclipse was very important because one, it was a total solar eclipse. So That is when the sun and the moon meet one another. And it's like um, the present is blotted out by the past, forces of the past that lie buried in the collective consciousness come to light. And we always know there's like radical change coming with eclipses. We're being asked to clear karmic ghosts, to make the impossible, I am possible to to be the solution in the world. Eclipses in general also bring truth, truth that we need to see, to know, to feel, despite how uncomfortable the results may be. They really bring a force of reckoning into our lives. And in turn, many ancient cultures Regarded eclipses with deep respect. So, um, in in history, we can see where eclipses might bring in disasters, difficulty, war, famine. Eclipses tend to mark major events from birth to death and other momentous beginnings and endings. And with every eclipse, whether it's a solar or a lunar eclipse. There's an aspect of both ending and beginning. However, lunar eclipses are usually more focused on endings, solar eclipses more focused on new beginnings and bright possibilities and hope. Now, this solar eclipse, what was so significant and unique about it was that it was conjunct what we call the great attractor which sits at roughly 14 degrees Sagittarius, 13 to 14 degrees. And also Mercury was at 15 degrees, 12 arc minutes. So also conjunct the great attractor. The sun and moon for the solar eclipse met up at 12 degrees, 21 arc minutes. And in Sagittarius, So we had a whole stellium of the south node, Vesta, the sun, the moon, and Mercury. Now Vesta is all about our devotion and what we're just really able to pour our truth into. And the Sagittarian energy, it is fire energy. It's mutable. It's changing. It's the archetype of the seeker, of the pilgrim, someone who's on a sacred journey, someone who is in pursuit of, of finding their truth based off of a myriad of beliefs and philosophy and devotion to this path. And the Sabian symbol for the alignment of the sun and the moon is a widow's past is brought to light. The karma of past actions as it affects opportunities presented by a new cycle. Even as a past cycle is closed, the karma of the past still somehow lays the groundwork for the future. There must be clear consciousness of mind. The star sparks for 13 degrees Sagittarius is an embalmer at work on a mummy. Old thought forms, ancient and fresh, ancient wisdoms, fresh experiences all show the same picture from different sides. Death is the intimate companion of our lives. We are being asked to let go of every fixed idea and to free our ghosts of every kind. We are being ushered into an astounding miracle we will never believe until we're right there in that super clarity that comes at death's door. And this hit me so strong because that is exactly The kind of journey that I had with this eclipse, and on top of that, being in the land of Egypt, being in this land of ancient future wisdom, opening with this eclipse in one of my most favorite temples in all of Egypt, this temple that's dedicated to the primordial form of Isis, In her vulture form, it's a small temple in the desert. Very few people go there. And to be able to begin in this way, and as we think of the vulture herself, right? You know, vultures uh, are guardians of death, they pick away, they eat that which. Really, nothing else wants, and then they transform it into something else, right? Into a form of magic. And Isis herself, in seeking the 14 pieces of Osiris that Set had cut up of his body and then scattered all throughout the land, Isis herself had to transform into the vulture to be able to smell, to get into that animalistic space to find her beloved and all parts of him in time, so that his flesh would still be fresh enough to bring back together. And we think of the the culture of ancient Egypt, which I personally believe, we don't really understand from our contemporary modern lens. I absolutely believe Egyptology and that field does not understand ancient Egypt. I believe there's a lot of distortions that are systematically in place, and I believe to really get into the truth of this Phenomenal civilization requires being on the land and being in the elements and listening and softening. And this eclipse absolutely put me in such a state of surrender, of pushing me past my limits in all regards, because... I got to a place where I had no other choice given the fact that I was not feeling well and that my body really literally went through a death portal while holding space for a group. And it it was very, very apropos as I look back, knowing that that was my sixth journey to Egypt and there have been many other ways. I've held space and pilgrimage for others and we all go through these different layers in our evolution and our growth but what was part of this story that was coinciding was that one of my beloved mentors and teachers was literally in a death portal and I didn't know it until December 9th when he fully crossed over. And it was the day before that I was at the peak of my illness. It was the one day I had to step away from the pilgrimage and I was in bed and I, I couldn't get out of bed. I wanted so bad to just put some clothes on and go sit in the sun by the Nile and just be in the beauty of the, the nature of Luxor and I was not able to make it out of my bed. These journeys we go through in life, we don't always understand them until we ourselves come to death's door. And that's what this Sabian symbol, star sparks, frequency of 13 degrees Sagittarius is speaking to. And this is where the beauty of astrology comes to life for me, because as I stated earlier, I prepared the notes for this Probably back in June, when I was really honing in on these dates for this December living legacy pilgrimage, And I remember thinking, wow, that that's going to be profound. That's going to be intense. I had no idea what I was in store for. And this is this is the way when we really tune into the divine, we can see the hand print of the divine guiding our lives each and every day in such beautiful ways. But as it's said, we're ushered into an astounding miracle we never will believe until we're right there in that super clarity that comes at death's door. And there there is, we could say, this hand guiding us. I, I believe it really is our higher self on some level, our highest wisdom, because I believe each one of us has our own unique soul journey and we're not meant to compare and contrast. Every one of us is living a sacred, beautiful life. And when we really surrender and embrace that, so much more magic becomes available for us. Now, what's interesting is I wanted to look up for the, look up the, um, sabian symbol for 14 degrees sagittarius which is the degree of the great attractor and it it is the pyramids and the sphinx it's all about certification and how to raise your vibration align yourself with your higher purpose The Great Attractor is at 14 degrees Sagittarius and it's connected to the Hydra Centaurus supercluster, which includes our group cluster and 30 other galactic companions. So, the Great Attractor is a space where we could say these, as we know of, 31 galactic companions are coming together and. It consists of these massive movements, this true warping of time and space while bending light with massive gravity. It is a large cosmic womb. And Philip Sedgwick said it beautifully when he said, it's mysterious, it's captivating. It might even be the personification of the creator. It magnetizes you to it like none other. He says, the great attractor reminds us all that knowledge must evolve in order for us to be aligned in any moment with full consciousness. The great attractor notes that we cannot forget the past. Clear perception of the now sets the stage. We cannot ignore the forthcoming. Equally, maybe even more significantly, the view of the moment and its perception of in front and behind remains the most important view to hold clearly. Is this view clear and accurately insightful? Could the view be distorted? Only the great attractor knows, and the great attractor reveals the present state in full, unlimited, and wide-ranging attention. Where should the view be placed? Can that view be upheld while understanding that all points of view simultaneously exist? this eclipse absolutely opened this whole new book of consciousness for every single one of us on planet earth it offered this massively powerful time to clear any and all distortions in our field in our lineage in our soul family our star family and to call forth pure light codes of divine source as this whole new book is opening, it's bringing in expansion. Veils are dissolving. Distortion timelines on earth are dissolving. Upgrades coming through light and sound frequencies. This is about sovereignty and being in a deep well of self-respect, allowing the old conditioning to leave our psyches as a snake sheds her skin. True prosperity, frequency, is available as one passes through the void, as one passes through with deep wisdom, with this ability to truly let go of that which no longer serves. And so as I mentioned, I found out when I was in Kemet on my way from Luxor to Siwa that My mentor, Elder Maladoma Somme, had left his body and gone, began his journey home to the other world, to the ancestral realm. And I did not know that he was so close to death's door. It came as an utter shock and surprise. And I found out as I myself was in a very tender, almost like tenderized space from my illness. And given the profoundness of this eclipse, it was a massive journey into the void. And so I I took a moment to look at his chart, and his north node is conjunct the the great attractor, and he really, um, in my opinion, something with this eclipse, it was like the warping of time and space brought him to another frequency, literally. And so I just want to take a mon- moment to honor Elder Maladoma and give such gratitude for him I felt really blessed to be in Kemet when he made his transition as I was on the motherland of Africa, which was his homeland within Burkina Faso in West Africa. And it's such a massive loss for him to have left our physical realm, and it's also a massive gain for him to have entered the ancestral realm to support us. I will give him a proper honoring in a future episode because I really want to take some time to sit with his work and really hone in on the ways he's helped me and the ways I feel comfortable sharing with you. But what I can say is that I wouldn't be where I am right now without him. I met him on May. I can't remember the exact day, if it was the 15th or 18th. It was the Taurus new moon in May of 2018. It was the day that Uranus first went into Taurus. And I knew when I met him for that first divination that. My life was going to be forever marked by meeting him. Sitting with Elder Maladoma opened a gateway into my own medicine and into looking within the cosmic mirror of my own self. I've been blessed So very blessed to have had many amazing teachers in my life thus far, and being as young as I am, I know that I will be blessed with many more. It's rare in this world to have a teacher that is so humble and that really is teaching you to see yourself. And that is part of the profoundness of Elder Maladoma Somme's medicine. I urge you, I encourage you to read his books if you feel called and you've not already. And to honor him, I think the best way is to make a pact to come into deeper connection with the elements themselves. Elder Maladoma has opened my consciousness and my psyche to trust in the innate medicine that is already within my bones and the innate connection I already had with the elements themselves And it was through different initiations with him that I just realized that it was always there all along. And we forget, especially those of us who have been raised in Western culture, we have been systematically taught how to forget because when we are as humans so connected to Mother Earth and the elements themselves, we are truly unstoppable. We are truly limitless. I feel so blessed, as I've already said, to have studied with Elder Maladoma. And my time was so short only three years. I had many other ideas and trainings. And there was so much more I wanted to do with him. And when we lose someone of this magnitude, The gift of Elder Maladoma was that his work brought together people of all ages, genders, classes, race, socioeconomic status, all the pieces and parts, and we were able to come together and be vulnerable, tender, open come into ritual space, coexist, harmonize, be elegant, witness each other in our prayers. It was phenomenal, the spaces he anchored. And so if you've been touched in any way by my work and you feel touched by Elder Maladoma's I'm going to provide some links in the show notes where, if you want to make a donation, his two daughters are left with different medical costs and the cost of getting his body back home to Burkina Faso so it can be properly ancestralized. Um, There's an opportunity for you to donate if you feel called. And again, I will share in at least one if not many more future episodes about more about his work because I want to honor him in a good way. And I want to say that the beauty of the Egyptian cosmology is that it teaches us how to die. And in this Western world, we're so afraid of death; we avoid death. Many people won't even say the word "die." They say he passed away. They won't say he's dead. Um, death is very much hidden from us. We we like to keep things very kind of pristine and tidy and separate. When you go to Egypt. You see where life and death are everywhere. And as we understand the wheel of life and death, and we really understand the beauty of death, knowing that we are limitless and that we are infinite, we can trust that death only comes to us in due time in our time. And as we surrender to that, we can lose a fear of dying, a fear of death. And I believe that is part of the higher message of the Egyptian cosmology. And I believe that that's also part of the fear mechanism that is happening on the planet right now is that many, many, many people are afraid of dying. And the reality is there's only one thing that all of us on earth can be certain of, and that is that we're going to die. So how do we wrestle with living our lives to the fullest and being afraid of dying? Part of that journey is how do we surrender knowing that we will only die when it's truly our time, so that we can live these lives fully engaged, adventurous, feeling carefree, feeling trust in the divine, feeling held. And for me, this has been one of the greatest takeaways of this total solar eclipse conjunct the great attractor I've absolutely gone into a deep, deep void and learned so much about myself and where I need to surrender more in my life, where I need to trust more in my life, where I need to absolutely rest more in my life. And that was part of the medicine of this eclipse was it like took me down (laughs) on such a level. Um. And I want to be clear, like I was able to function, like I was dressed and I was talking and I was going out to sites. But on another level, there was a part of me that was like cocooned up, like um, in a chrysalis and just completely like paralyzed. And in that time and space, so much left me and so much. In that leaving, so much potential has been created. So I share this with you in hopes that it inspires you in your own life and in the, own, the, the spaces in your own world where you too need to surrender so that you can trust in how innately you are held and protected and ultimately loved. And this brings us to the Gemini full moon, which was exact in Cairo on Sunday, December 19th, around 6.35 in the morning. However, in other parts of the world, the full moon occurred on Saturday night, December 18th. And this full moon was so important on many levels as for one, it was a culmination point from the total solar Sagittarius eclipse conjunct the great attractor. And in November, we had very particular alignments connecting with the galactic center. And then we have this full moon in Gemini that is at 27 degrees, 28 28- 28 arc minutes, Gemini, directly opposing the Sagittarius sun at 28 to 27, sorry, it's 27 degrees, 28 arc minutes. And this is exactly aligned with the galactic center. And we know the galactic center to be this cosmic womb. We could say that the great attractors, this cosmic womb of many galaxies coming together and the galactic center is the cosmic womb of our galaxy of the Milky Way galaxy and so it is a very important source point to access other source points and with the full moon opposing this right after this total solar eclipse conjunct the great attractor we have this strong strong theme of divine feminine frequency that came in through the month of December and really created the space for this brand new beginning. And as we know, life is created in darkness. Life is created. That womb space is a very dark, creative space of pure potential, of limitless frequency, and simultaneously, it is a place of stillness. Consider a baby developing in utero. There is only so far the baby may travel physically. However, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, so much is being developed through connection to the great mother. And in many ways, That was our collective and perhaps for you, your personal experience through this month of December. As I've shared some of my story with you, I think you can see how I was absolutely having that kind of experience, particularly on a physical level where at times my body wasn't able to do what it would normally do However, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I was absolutely traveling through many, many realms and really coming to witness myself in a whole new capacity, to see my strength in a whole new capacity. Because when we strip away all that is not pure and real and true, it brings us into our original essence. And there was also a really strong um, connection with Jupiter in this chart. Now, as I was in Giza during the exact alignment, I was uh, in ceremony at the Sphinx and within the Great Pyramid itself, I cast the chart for this and Jupiter ruled this chart From Giza, and we could consider the Great Pyramid as a receiver and a transmitter for all of Mother Earth out into the cosmos, and that has always been my connection with the Great Pyramids, is that they are broadcasting across the Earth, they are receivers, they are transmitters of intergalactic frequencies that want to come through Earth. And we could also say there are many forces out there that are, there are many powers that be that wish to distort these frequencies, that wish to redirect them. And so when we're able to gather in these spaces on very particular alignments, it's very sacred, it's very holy. And with Jupiter being the chart ruler and also ruling the sun, um, we must take a look at Jupiter in this chart. And Jupiter was at the 29th degree of Aquarius. And a year prior on winter solstice, Jupiter had just entered Aquarius. Actually, I believe it was um, the day before on the 20th. And so we have Jupiter coming to its culmination of its year-long journey in the sign of Aquarius, also trining the moon in Gemini and sextiling the sun. So bringing in beneficial energy to both the sun and the moon and Jupiter as that planet of expansion and wisdom and in Aquarius, bringing us um, greater opportunities with technology, really shifting our connection with technology, also shifting our connection with medicine at large, with uh, our relationship to the collective frequency, to humanity. And Jupiter during this alignment was opposing Regulus, the fixed star Regulus, which is one of the very, um, Elevated important stars from ancient times. Another significant alignment here is when we have 28 degrees Gemini and 28 degrees Sagittarius activated. We have on this full moon, the moon is at the gate of man. This is the silver gate and the sun is. Being on the galactic center is also stationed at the gate of God, the golden gate. And these are two very important gates in astrology. We could say that every human being, as they're coming into their incarnation, they leave the gate of God, that golden gate, and they come through the gate of man, the silver gate, into Incarnation into their human frequency. So, with this activation, there is this great opportunity for humanity to really become more consciously aware of the human journey, which we could even say is a star's journey from cosmic reality into the human third dimension. The Sabian symbol for the galactic center is an old bridge over a beautiful stream that is in constant use. And it is the enduring elements in a society which reveal its ability to significantly link the genius of its individual to the everyday needs of the collective. This is a mastery over the material realm, how tradition can connect us with nature, and how our highest vision can bring us into new potentials. And the star sparks for this connects us to a witch's ritual dagger. Being surrounded by every distraction imaginable, yet being able to hone in on the most important pivotal point of frequency every single time. Coming into that zero point, an uncanny instinct on how to penetrate through the chaos, through the distortions, into the exact moment using the subtle magical faculties tapping into the lost arts and a victory of the light in deep and veiled forms. So this lunation was quite, quite powerful. And here we are, as I'm recording this on Venus Day, December 31st, we're in the waning moon frequency of this entire lunar cycle that I've been speaking of from that total solar eclipse conjunct the the great attractor to this full moon in Gemini opposing the galactic center. This astrology is truly, in my opinion, the definition of phenomenal. It is a potent opportunity to open a whole new book in your life, and given how much intensity we've been through in 2021 personally and collectively, we have had many opportunities through the year of 2020, 2021, even 2019 and 2018 to strip away that which is no longer authentic and then go into the void And really hang out in that liminal space and from that space begin to rebirth and renew and rejuvenate. And this is a process. It's a process we're still within. We're still sorting out. This eclipse cycle is going to absolutely continue to unveil itself over the next six months. And we will see waves, we will see reverberations of it for years to come. So we don't have to understand all of the aspects at this exact moment. In fact, we may never fully understand the multitude. And it might be at that moment of death that certain aspects really come into light on the significance of this total solar eclipse i can say without a doubt it is very important astrology and i would encourage you to think back through the month of december to take some time to journal to reflect to pay attention to your dreams right now in particular to be very curious and um Available to what wants to come through, and know that as we do start this year in the shadow of Mercury retrograde, this year being 2022, and Venus retrograde, it's actually a beautiful landscape to continue to reflect and review. And we're in that month, um, the season of winter solstice for the majority of us on the planet. Those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, of course, are in summer solstice instead. However, we can all take that time to reflect and to be a little more still and to take things slow. And that was one of the greatest teachings for me out of this whole uh, eclipse was how to really become much more intentional, more uh, slow, more precise with my energy, and where it's being directed in any point in time. The galactic center is, as I mentioned, this cosmic womb of our great mother galaxy, and from this cosmic womb, our earth was born, many other cosmic bodies have been born, many stars are born. And the galactic center has played into our astrology for all of time and space, we could say. I've been tracking it for a number of years very intentionally, and it has really brought in these light codes, we could say, these new light codes where the Earth is receiving upgrades in consciousness. Now, as mentioned, it is at roughly 27 degrees Sagittarius. It's 25,000 light years away in the center of our Milky Way galaxy. And for the ancient Egyptians, the Milky Way was always in conversation with the Golden Nile River. So the Nile River being the, the mother river of life And the conversation is a constant communion with Source Consciousness, with all that is. It is life as a sacred dance, knowing that you are a creator or a creatrix. Now, Our solar system takes about 250 million years to orbit once around the galactic center, and it is over 2,000 light years wide. So this is a very important space, and the Scorpio new moon that we went through in November of 2021 on that new moon, uh, Venus was conjunct or had literally just been conjunct the galactic center. So we've been having a lot of like reverberations of the galactic center coming through. Now, for the Egyptians, the Achet, the horizon, speaks to these solstice points. And as we know, the golden gate of God is very much connected to the winter solstice point, and the silver gate of man is connected to the summer solstice point. And it is through the horns of Isis, a human soul is incarnated into physicality. So this is very profound, connecting us as this holy family of humanity And allowing the great mother, that feminine frequency, to remind us of our inherent royalty here on earth. And it is through this eternal marriage of Isis and Osiris that we are activating the hieros gamos that lives within each one of us. And that is that mystical marriage of the divine feminine and the divine masculine frequency And that mystical marriage is what seeded this podcast, Star Stones, and Stories. So if you've not yet listened to episode one, please take the time to do that at some point, as I also tell a variation of the Isis-Osiris story. And if you want to go deeper in the concepts of hieroskamos, I do have a masterclass on that where you can explore and as we consider Isis and Osiris and Horus, this divine trinity, this holy family, Isis is the original Mother Mary, and Yeshua, Horus is the original Yeshua. We would not have the stories around Jesus and Christmas without. Isis and Osiris and Horus. So this is the original source point and very important in this season of Yule of winter solstice, which is all about rebirth and regeneration. The Osiris codes of resurrection are what we are receiving on December 21st in the Northern Hemisphere. And we're going to from that season of Samhain, where we have shed and dissolved and given thanks and let go and honored our ancestors, and we come to the portal of Yule, ready, completely ready for the rebirth, for the resurrection, for the regeneration, for the rematrixing. So, this is a significant time of year for so much hope and possibility and the season of Imbolc which will be our next seasonal gate that we will shift into on February 1st brings us into that first sprout of potential but for now we are in this beautiful portal of regeneration and resurrection and renewal. And it's not a one day snapshot in time. This is a six week process of growth and evolution. So this is a powerful time to be really gentle with yourself, to be very open, to take in more stillness and slowness and to be very intentional and precise with how you move forward, knowing that you are limitless, that we have been in this space of radical change and transformation, and the many layers that we've had to shed and dissolve, what we've had to look at and overcome, and knowing that, yes, there is more so much more. We are in a marathon. And so with that, how do we really take on this attitude of I'm going to see that which I think is impossible, and I'm going to metamorphosize that into consciousness within my psyche, I am possible. I am capable I am able. And instead of collapsing in the face of challenge, I am going to say thank you for the opportunity for growth, for seeing how far I may stretch. We and you are greater than our obstacles, you are greater than your obstacles. You are absolutely an infinite being having a human experience that has the facade, the illusion of being limited. However, we are limitless and there are abundant, abundant forces of adversity that would love to hypnotize you to be asleep. Therefore, the greatest act you can participate in is to continue to rise and meet any challenge, knowing that the forces of adversity exist to test your stamina and your strength and your willingness to achieve, not to stop you. Many people in the Western world think, oh, there's a challenge, I'm going to collapse, I'm going to give up, I'm going to do something different. However, challenge is meeting you to give you grit so that you can continue forth. And it is this illusion of suffering that is absolutely a part of our divine dance. Anything is truly possible and we live in this magical age where that is happening before our very eyes. The old paradigms are dying left and right. And yes, part of our participation as humans in these times is to witness that which is dying and to give gratitude, to give thanks for the lessons learned and to integrate them into our psyches, because this is part of the work. This is why we've come. And we've also come here to truly have an experience of miracles, to truly be open in our hearts and our minds, our psyches, and in our lives to witnessing and welcoming miracles. Knowing that time dances, it moves in cycles and spirals and waves, and that you are weaving with a multitude of threads of consciousness through time and space. Believing and knowing you are right on time and you always have been. To trust the process in your sacred unfolding. There's nothing to rush into. There's nowhere to go. This is the moment, this is the flow, and is a gift to be here, alive, right now, in these times. On so many levels, we are witnessing humanity collapsing through climate change, through political imbalance, through some of the most massive distractions and destructions and divisiveness we've ever witnessed. However, simultaneously, we are absolutely building a new earth. This is not a new age. This is a new earth. That is absolutely a part of the new age. But what I am sharing with you is that this is beyond new age rhetoric. This is part of a flow of creation that always has been. Knowing that death is our greatest teacher. The void is where all truth lives. If you've ever had the great honor of witnessing someone die and be in the room with a being who takes their last breath, And if you are able to feel the frequencies that come into that space, much like if you've ever witnessed a baby being born, there is a subtle frequency that comes into the space beyond just the soul of that baby. Just like in the death, there is a frequency that comes in beyond just the soul of that person who is vacating their physical body. These are liminal spaces where we have an opportunity to really feel the divine's presence, to feel that great void energy. And in this time, as we are leaving the old Piscean age, coming more into this Aquarian age, we are coming to a space to hear our answers, to perceive our truths with greater clarity than ever before. We are breaking up the status quo. We are embracing our mind to open to the limitless possibilities that are waiting to be seen. We are cultivating our magic, living with purpose, really harnessing our soul's potential. And so we are in the midst of a cultural renaissance where right action supersedes all. A time where we, each one of us, has the opportunity to awaken. You have the opportunity to awaken your personal mythos to write your story for these times. How do you wish to go the distance? We are truly entering a quantum field, and now is the time to have all hands on deck on Spaceship Earth. If you're looking to go deeper into this astrology, particularly what's coming up for us in 2022, I'd love to cordially invite you to to join me for the 2022 Masterclass I'll be offering on Tuesday, January 11th. That will be from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is a virtual offering that will be recorded, so you can tune in anywhere in the world. If you can't come on live, the recording will be available for you. There will absolutely be time for Q&A as well as a PDF that you will receive with information about the upcoming year and how to apply different transits into uh, the various houses in your chart. And we're going to cover the retrogrades of Mars, of Venus, of Mercury, And the upcoming eclipses and some of the other larger transits that we'll be experiencing, particularly the United States Pluto return, which will absolutely have a global effect. So it will be um, impacting us all over the world. I also have dark moon councils that I'm offering here in the Asheville area. So, you're welcome to join in if you live in the Asheville area in Appalachia. And also, there are a number of courses that I'm crafting, and I'm super excited to get those out to you after I finish my dissertation, which will be the end of this month, and as well as some beautiful pilgrimages that are being seeded and I look forward to sharing more about those with you as well. So please make sure you're signed up, you're receiving my Venetian love notes. They come out every Friday into your inbox. Make sure you've gone into your email provider and made my email address support at earthseedtemplearts.com Part of your contacts so you receive those emails, and you can always book a one on one astrology session. I'm now also offering tarot. You can add on tarot to the end of an astrology session, or if you desire just a tarot session, that is also available The astrology sessions can give you an opportunity to see what is coming up in 2022 for you specifically. It's always an honor to hold these spaces. I really, really believe in the power of what comes through. And if you're feeling the call, I'm available for that and would love to connect with you. So you can go into the show notes and you can see where you can book now. You can also go to my website, earthseedtemplearts.com. And thank you so much for being a part of this community. Thank you for your patience and receiving episode 42. May you have a beautiful transition from this Gregorian year of 2021 into 2022. As the wheel of the year has already shifted into Yule, we're already at that season of rebirth and renewal. And may you really soak in the truth that you are limitless and harness that pure potential that is right there available to you. And so it is. We're going to culminate with a guided meditation that I've pulled from the archives that I believe will be super supportive to you during this transition. And I look forward to circling back around with you in episode 43, Blessed Be. Take a moment and find yourself seated or come lie down, free of distractions, free of electronics, closing the door to the space you're in, and doing whatever it is necessary to create a sacred quiet space. And allow yourself as you sit or lie down. Allow the body to become nice and heavy, deeply, deeply relaxed. Allow the breath to lengthen and deepen and find its own natural rhythm here and now. And as you do so, allow wave after wave of deep relaxation to enter in through the soles of the feet and travel up through the ankles and the shins and the calves and the thighs, up into the pelvic bowl and all the digestive organs, up through the vertebrae, up into the lungs and the heart, up through the shoulders going down the arms Down through the wrists, out to the fingertips, and cascading back up the arms. This gentle wave of relaxation coming up through the throat and the neck, up into all of the muscles of the face and the head, all of the bones of your head and your whole body, just deeply, deeply relaxing. All of the hair on your head, deeply, deeply relaxing. Allowing the bones of you to connect to the bones of Mother Earth, the place of mineral, of memory, where your story, your ancestral story, is stored. Welcoming in this wise, holy part of yourself. Welcoming in your female lineage, your male lineage, all of your ancestral lineage. Welcoming in the yin and the yang. Welcoming in the unification. That mystical marriage deep, deep from within. welcoming welcoming all parts of yourself here and now as another deep wave of relaxation runs through your entire system and you begin to feel yourself lying on the earth in a hot desert sun filled day and this beautiful vulture bird comes and lands next to you and as you're lying there the vulture gently gracefully begins to pick away the parts of you that are no longer you the parts of you that are ready to shed, to dissolve, to let go, the parts of you that are diseased, that have forgotten, that have lost their way. This vulture begins to pick away, gracefully, easefully, all of these parts of you. And you just allow, as you lie here, you allow yourself To be picked away, you allow the muscles that carry the paradigms that are so far from your true essence to be picked away, to be devoured and consumed. And as you lie there, you begin to find yourself coming back to the very bones of who you are just as your ancestors have done and you find your bones lying there so beautiful like these beautiful quartz crystals and the pure desert sun beams down upon them activating them all the way from the great central Sun of all Suns the great cosmic Sun of all Suns bringing in these codes of light of intelligence of healing these star seed codes filled with the great remembering you allow these bones of yours to be filled with these light codes and this beautiful vulture begins to flap her wings she begins to flap her wings and dance the sacred dance around your bones of your body and as she does so you begin you begin to grow new life new muscles new blood new skin new hair new teeth new nails and you feel yourself filling out as you breathe in this hot desert sun and hear and feel the flapping of the vultures wings you smell her scent upon you and your flesh is fully grown out and you are this new life and you find yourself being drawn to come into this fetal position and you hug like this beautiful little rock in the center of this womb of the key of life, the Ankh symbol. You find yourself holding yourself like a beautiful brand new baby in this womb of life, womb of creation with your cells of all of your body singing with this new light, these light codes from the great cosmic sun of creation. And you allow, you allow your senses to be washed over by the intelligence of your ancestors You allow your senses to be washed over by the intelligence of your descendants. You allow, you allow this wisdom to come through. You allow the support to come through in this moment as you begin to hold within your three grails of wisdom your womb, your heart, your third eye. You hold in the sacred space. You hold the vision, the prayers, the intentions, the seeds, the seeds of plenty that you are here to cultivate in the sacred life. And the neckbed, she comes now to fly through the air all around you blessing you and your auric field you and your lineage blessing you and you receive the sacred blessing the sacred dance you receive the This holy purification and rejuvenation and regeneration you receive and you give great thanks and you allow yourself to receive deeper and deeper and deeper. heal me, as she healed her son Horus, of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil. Hurtful things of darkness from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.